What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett, and joining me for the first time in a few weeks, my pal and yours, the talented Mr. Elon Dubrovsky. <laughs> Elon, how are you on this fine, fine Fine. Thursday evening. <laughs> Man, I gotta tell you, I'm feeling a little anxious. Uh, it's kind of a weird feeling that it's been like five plus months of playing through this fantasy season. And now here we are. I'm in three leagues. One of them I'm already in the playoffs. The other two, the playoffs are just about to start. It's like, you know, like to my friends and family, they're all just thinking like, who cares? Like, why have you been wasting all this time? Like for me, it's like, no one talked to me for the next three, four weeks because this is where it all like comes together. And I find out if I've like used my time wisely to get me to where I need to go. So yeah, I hope that answers your question, Ben, but I'm, I don't know how I'm feeling. I'll tell you every single time a goal comes in how I'm feeling because it changes moment by moment. You know that thing where, like, um, in a crisis, two people navigating a crisis together, like, one will always sort of, like, be the base, like, the calm influence to, to try and, like, you know, regardless of if both sides are, are freaking out, one person will just sort of be like, no, we'll get through this. Sure. You, know, you know what I mean? I am that, except for the reason I'm able to be like that is because I'm not in the playoffs in any of my major leagues. It's just been a, it's been a lost season for me. I drafted, I had Kucherov everywhere. I had a couple of, you know, anyway. Uh, so it's, <laughs> I'll it's say it for you. Like, you made a big trading couple trading away Kucherov or Stamkos or whatever to get Batherson. Yeah. But I was, the issue is that I, my season was over at that point already. So I took a swing on. Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've had so I've had cra- I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm I'm out of the playoffs in in my major leagues and all I'm going to all I'm saying about it is it feels nice to have this, you know, to not be in crisis mode cuz usually I'm in the exact same place as you at this time of year uh feeling the heat and uh I'm happy that I can uh that I have space for my my friends and family where I'm not stressed uh, out all the time. Uh, yeah, they're useless to me right now, but uh what's very <laughs> useful to me is that we get to do this show and I get to have an outlet for all the things that we've been learning over the over this past crazy week with all the trades, all, all the new situations. So I'm really excited to jump onto short shifts here and uh, do a long shift with you. Well, I'll just keep going until you tell me Elon we have to stop. So <laughs> it's right. on you to rein me in. Yeah, e- actually, and I, I called you Mr. Elon, but what I was going to call you, uh, I just blanked on this, but I was going to say Elon Shift Dubrovsky, there because every time you come <laughs> on, we kind of, we end up going like, you know, that 30, 35 minute range. But let's see what we do. Let's start where Lewis and I have started the last four episodes talking about the trade deadline and uh, a bit of a bridging the gap here, because on Sunday, you and Brian discussed Claude Giroux at length. Florida finally in action. Giroux's first game as a cat is tonight. And uh, as I recall, you guys sort of discussed the chances that Giroux would be on the top power play and sort of what what the likelihood was that he would get primo deploymento. And uh, the answer is right now that he is absolutely getting primo deploymento. He's on line one with uh, with Sasha Barkov, playing on power play one with a five forward look. He's taken over for Duclair on the half wall in practice when they go into a four forward one defenseman look along with Wegar. Given all we've seen, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious we have to be excited for Claude Giroux at this point, eh? Yeah, I mean... 
<laughs> for sure. Uh, Clojure was good. Uh, I don't know if there's leagues where he's available. If there are, you take him. Uh, nice to see that Duclair isn't, you know, getting buried. Like Brian and I talked about how maybe that could be bad for Duclair if he's bumped from the power play. Looks like they're doing this five forward thing. We'll see how long that lasts. I don't recall ever a time when a team ran a five forward power play for more than like a week before shifting back. But Duclair has an even strength goal. So obviously that line with Hubert is clicking just fine. So this might be one of those rare things where a team brought in a huge superstar and like no one really takes a hit fantasy wise. It looks like it's maybe just good for everyone. And yeah, so so far so good. Let's see if they can get past the halves. It's currently 3-2 uh, in the in the second. Spencer another thing with uh, Florida by the way, Bobrovsky still hasn't played in like forever. Hopefully he's okay. It's a Spencer Knight game in game out. I haven't added Spencer Knight anywhere just because it seems like they're always saying that Bobrovsky is going to come back soon. But at some point, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if we'll get an update at some point about if Bobrovsky is coming back soon or if like people need to be starting to rush to grab Spencer Knight. Yeah, it's weird because it sounded like it was like an illness or something initially. And now it's like, oh, no, this has been going on for like the, the Panthers had like five or six nights off. And they came back and it's still Spencer Knight. Hopefully it's Bobrovsky Knight sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have much else to say. I, I do think it's a little premature probably to say that nobody's going to lose value as a result. I think that Duclair um, being bumped off the top power play if Wegar, uh, if they go back to the one defenseman situation, that could be uh, a bad situation for him um but otherwise yeah maybe mason marchment is the loser here i don't know Nah, i don't know he's still on the third line he scored a goal today also like i i feel like yeah there you go there so, you go yeah it's fine anyway the exciting team i hope they're gonna win the cup i hope so for your bet as well elon uh let's hop over to edmonton a team where people maybe thought they had a chance at winning the cup early on in the season and it has now been several weeks and months since many people have given them much of a chance However, tonight, they get Ryan Newton Hopkins back in the lineup. He's going to join Yessi Puglia-Yarvi and Derek Brassard on a new look line three and hop right back up on power play one with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Tyson Berry, and Puglia-Yarvi. Uh, Nuge is now pacing for 67 points this season, but I think it's worth remembering that a good chunk of the year, he was looking, he was on the top six. And on this new look Oilers team, he is a line three guy. I'm wondering, like, does he have more fantasy value at this point than, like, the red-hot Yamamoto on line one with McDavid or Puglia Yarvi, who is line two power play one, which is better deployment than Nugent Hopkins? Well, the thing to remember, of course, with the Oilers is they change their lines so often. Like, it's very possible. We're recording this before their game tonight against the Sharks. The lines could literally change midway through the game. We've seen that happen. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is just the kind of guy that you can, like, rely on to have a solid floor. Like, he's always going to be on the top power play. He's, you know, a key part of the lineup. He's going to get big minutes. Maybe, like, Yamamoto or Pugliarvi couldn't be, like, a big swing. But, like, if I was choosing between those three, I would definitely take Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But that said, uh, Yamamoto and Pugliarvi also are very interesting right now with Yamamoto on the top line currently and he's been like clicking with McDavid and Kane for a little while now it seems and yeah Pugliarvi coming back and getting on the power play we'll see how long that lasts for him uh, because that's ahead of Evander Kane and Zach Hyman so again I just feel like the Oilers are still playing around trying to figure out what they're going to do uh, it's good news for them as a team that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is back but yeah while I did say that I think he's like a solid guy uh, at the same time he's not like someone I'm like super overly excited about like uh, you know I would definitely prefer if he was playing with McDavid or Dreisaitl for sure so I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm saying two things at the same time hopefully yeah. people understand what i'm trying to say 
Well, and I think it's interesting. Puyi Arvi was on power play one ahead of Hyman and Kane before he got injured as well. So it's really just back to what they were business as usual i guess like in edmonton though there's kind of two power play ones both of them include drysidel mcdavid and barry uh depending on the night i guess that we've seen uh nurse and bouchard in that role as well but um and and typically ryan nugent hopkins has been fairly safe being on both units but then they swap with uh the cadre of wingers that they have available to them at any moment. Uh, I agree that Nugent Hopkins is like the safer option. I think that's kind of what's being, uh, what we're saying here is that if you're guessing over an 82 game season, all right, yep. Probably Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a much safer bet and he's on a higher pace than both of them anyway. But now that we're down to the last few weeks, it's like, man, I don't know. Ryan Nugent Hopkins kind of, I'm kind of, I'd be nervous to have Ryan to be relying on Ryan Nugent Hopkins going into the playoffs. Fortunately, the Oilers do have a very solid uh, playoff schedule. I do want to mention Kane and Hyman being off power play one, though. I mean, Evander Kane is on fire. Hard to hard to worry about Evander Kane. But Zach Hyman has been pretty mediocre since getting knocked off that top power play a few weeks ago. Is it time to worry about Zach Hyman or, or are we just do we just realize that he is just kind of like not that he's not going to be a, like a top 50 or 60 fantasy asset? I mean, the thing is, he's had a few good games recently. You know, he had a goal against the Devils, a couple of assists against Buffalo. I guess he's been quiet in the last two. Yeah, I think definitely he's far from the person that we all thought he would be going into the year. We thought, oh my God, he's going to be at the top on top power play with McDavid. Lock him in to be at least as good as he was with the Leafs last year, maybe even better. Yeah, he's, again, kind of like a Ryan Hopkins, to be honest. Maybe I'd, I'd probably have RNH ahead of Hyman by a bit. But yeah, he's someone who's a solid player. He's, a, he's in a decent enough spot in the lineup. But yeah, definitely not this like superstar caliber guy that you know is a must roster in all leagues uh so it, it is a bit of a disappointing situation especially for people in a dynasty league like myself who have him locked in for this like seven-year contract for big money so hopefully I, you know the thing is he'll always like get his chances i think over the years but I, I obviously would have expected a bit of a higher upside should we like by the way stop down to point out that the oilers actually have some depth which I feel like is something that hasn't ever happened or hasn't happened for a while. Like you look at this, <laughs> yeah. this top nine, and it's like I see three good lines, which is so rare. We like uh, uh, like Brassard, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Puliyarvi as the third line. That's like what a good team would do. That's like a Panthers type of third line. So I'm happy for them. And on right, defense, yeah. they now have a uh, Kulak, uh, who who they signed, and like Tyson Barry hasn't been so terrible lately. Uh, I don't know. They have Bouchard. Like I don't know. It just seems like a team where I look at their lines and like beyond just McDavid and Drysaddle, I actually see some good players. So I think they've credit where credits too. I think that they've set themselves up well right now to potentially end the season strong and maybe do something in the playoffs. And net is obviously a scary spot still. Mike Smith is getting the start tonight. We'll see how he does. But yeah. I'd be if I was an Oilers fan, I'd be happy right now with what they did, getting Evander Kane and then getting Derek Broussard to kind of shore up their depth. Yeah, I think you're right, and this is why when Evander Kane came into the lineup, it was kind of uh, I, I immediately became nervous for Ryan Nugent Hopkins because to me he is such an obvious upgrade as a three C that like gives their entire bottom six credibility in a way that they just haven't had in in years and years. I think if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm still annoyed because Ken Holland 
is probably in the midst of wasting another year of prime McDavid and Dreisaitl because of the goaltending. But I agree with you that like relative to where we were like two months ago, you know, Dave Tippett out, Woodcroft in, Kane killing it in the uh, in the top six and, you know, in and out of the top power play. Zach Hyman being a guy who's really good. But I mean, when Zach Hyman went over to Edmonton, it wasn't like, oh, good. Now the Oilers have... Like, he was the big addition coming into the year, and it was not enough to get the team over the hump, obviously. So they have made some big moves. It is good to see. And I am looking forward to seeing uh, how they finish off the season. I like seeing Connor McDavid in the playoffs. I have no idea if they actually have a chance at the playoffs, though, because I haven't been following the Western uh, playoff race at all. Do you know? Yeah, uh, they're, you know, they're currently in a playoff spot. They're third in the, in the Pacific. Uh, so Calgary is obviously running away with that division, though LA is having a good year. Then there's Edmonton and then Vegas is the surprise team that potentially might not even get the wild card at this point. They're just totally falling apart, especially after this Dodonov news, which obviously didn't go well. Apparently Pacioretty is a game time decision today. So maybe him coming back will help a little bit. But if they're not even going to be able to bring like Mark Stone back when he's healthy because they don't have the, uh, the cap space or whatever. Like this is this is turning into a disaster season for Vegas, but hey, what's bad for them is good for the Oilers, and maybe they're going to be able to sneak into the playoffs, and then hopefully McDavid won't just be clutched and grabbed every single game, and he'll actually be able to play. And I'd love to see what he can do with a good playoff run. Wow, you actually uh, achieved making me less excited to see McDavid in the playoffs by mentioning that because I now can already predict <laughs> how the playoff discourse is going to go and it is just going to be a bunch of people complaining about how McDavid doesn't get it you know not that they're wrong but just like that's what we're we're so close to getting people complaining about playoff refereeing it's you can almost smell it oh yeah um <laughs> let's move over to St. Louis now uh, a very recent cup winner um, where Tori Krug is out week to week with an upper body injury suffered Tuesday night. Krug is pacing for 51 points this season, right on pace with last year's numbers. He's been blah in St. Louis. This year, his shots are down again. And what's interesting about this situation right now, Elon, is that when I'm looking at Tori Krug's numbers and thinking about like how I, how I think of him in fantasy, I'm like, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of New York Islanders era Nick Letty, this power play one player who's never interesting in fantasy because he just doesn't do enough offensively and he doesn't do enough defensively to give him uh, good uh, good peripheral numbers to make him into a useful fantasy option. And in St. Louis, they traded for Nick Letty and now he's taking over for Tory Krug on the top power play unit. This is called an expert transition. And uh, I guess I'm wondering, like, uh, Nick Letty, is he still the same boring old guy heading a power play in St. Louis? I know Lewis will not like to hear me say this because I know he added Letty in a couple of his leagues, but I think probably, yeah. I think Letty is, is Nick Letty. And even I feel like even if the power play does well, he'll maybe just get an assist every once in a while, but not be especially exciting. I think it's almost a little bit insulting for Krug. Like, even though Krug has definitely not been so exciting on St. Louis, he's still been like someone that you are happy to roster. Like, I haven't seen him dropped in any of my leagues over these past couple of years and uh, you know Nick Letty on the Islanders was always in free agency so for, for what it's worth like Krug hasn't been so so terrible uh, but now yeah Letty's in a good spot and also it looks like St. Louis uh, at least in their practice today we're running a top power play that's more stacked than usual like usually they've had the Tarasenko and Thomas and Buchnevich like on one and then Shen and O'Reilly and like Perron on the other but here they have Tarasenko with Shen O'Reilly Perron and Letty so that to me looks like an actual top power play if you have both Tarasenko 
O'Shea and like O'Reilly, like all those guys. So maybe that one gets more time, which would obviously not be great for your Justin Falks and your Rob Thomas, who's by the way coming back from injury. Uh, so is Tarasenko. Uh, so I'm interested to see what will happen. I'm not like rushing, you know, like Letty's like an interesting stream if you could get him. I'm sure I'm not saying Lewis made a bad decision to try him out, but at the same time, I'm not like so excited, like expecting Letty to just explode. I could definitely also see, you know, it not working out and then Justin Falk taking over because he's someone who's had some success on the power play in his career and this, this year. So I, I don't think it's locked in place, but it's an interesting thing to note for sure. How dare you come on the show for Lewis and then insult him? Like, this is un... I'm just kidding. I apologize. Uh, yeah. Nick Letty is very boring to me. Um, and I, I would... I think that you could roster him um, just based on the Blues playoff schedule. They, they play four games each week. I think they're the only team playing four games each of the next three weeks. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, but... Yeah, uh, you know, you need a you need somebody who might get some points or whatever. That's I think a fine bet. Probably the most boring bet you could possibly make, though. It's like betting the under on a game uh, where you're just like cheering for no offense, essentially. Um, Elon, we need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to head right back into St. Louis. We have a hot streak to get to, and then a very cold player in Minnesota. You're listening to Short Shifts. Ben, while we're on this break, I'm going to take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this week's episode of Short Shifts. And those are our friends at HelloFresh. We live in a cool world right now, right? Like, you don't need to do everything on your own. You don't need to manage your fantasy team on your own. You've got podcasts that are going to give you curated advice at uh, trying to point you towards the players to add and the players maybe not to add like a Nick Letty. Uh, but with HelloFresh, it's kind of similar. You don't have to just go to the grocery store and try to figure out what you're going to make for dinner. They're going to send you these meals, these pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. You get the convenience without skimping on quality. You skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long lines, ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. You get these boxes with the ingredients for each meal and a recipe. They're easy to make. It always comes out delicious. I, I'm always super excited. The one fun thing about being able to do these ads about HelloFresh is they've been, they've been sending us boxes, and I'm eat, like, it's the it's the best day of the week. They show up in the mail. It's like, Dina, I've got HelloFresh. It's like, oh yeah, we're eating well tonight, and we have a great time. Uh, they offer like a whole bunch of choices. By the way, when you're choosing what meals you want, you can get like a veggie option, like fit and wholesome. If you want to be that person, there's a family friendly package you can choose. So really, you just go to the site, you sign up. And you're going to uh, get something that's good for you and your family. And guess what? If you're thinking, yeah, fine, but I don't know if I want to spend full price for my first try of HelloFresh. Don't worry about it. You don't need to. Because if you go to HelloFresh.com slash Carlson16, use that code Carlson16 as an Eric Carlson, of course, you're going to get 16 free meals and three free gifts. 16 free meals. So you try it out. And trust me, you're going to like it, okay? So again, HelloFresh.com slash Carlson16. Use code Carlson16. Get those 16 free meals and three free gifts. Uh, and that's all I have to say for now about HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Wow. Elon, thank you so much. And welcome back, everybody, to another uh, installment of Short Shifts. This is not a new episode, but I began to speak as though it were. Uh, Elon, we are into the streaks portion of the show, and as I promised, we're gonna stick in St. Louis for a minute. We gotta talk about one of the hottest players in the league, David Perron, wasting away on my sorry fantasy teams in multiple leagues where I'm not headed to the playoffs. David Perron putting up 13 points over the last seven games, 
shooting like wild, nearly five shots per game over that stretch. I remember a few months ago, people were dropping David Perron, and obviously those who held on are very happy. On the season, he is now back above a 70-point pace and still somehow unrostered in 20% of Yahoo leagues. If you are heading towards the playoffs and David Perron is somehow on your waiver wire, you need to add him onto your fantasy team. I mean, that's for sure no one listening that's in that situation, right? I, I can't imagine. You don't tweet think? It out, tweet at us, at Kevin Carlson. I'd love 20%. to know. 20%. <laughs> yeah, 20% those of leagues. Dead leagues. Like, come on, clown leagues. 20%? There's no... I, I can't imagine. I, hey, I don't know. I guess there's some crazy leagues out there where everyone rosters yeah. like five players. But yeah, Perron, obviously, I think a big reason for this recent resurgence might be the fact that St. Louis has been giving that this one power play unit more times. He has five power play points in his last six games. And if you look at his game log on Frozen Tools, you see like 60%, 72%, 72%, 75%. Like we're looking at big chunks of power play time. So he gets those points. Like you said, also taking the big shots. Uh, it's a great situation. And by the way, St. Louis, like I said also, is getting a bunch of players back from injury, which I guess I'll say might be a bad thing for David Perron, right? Maybe he's succeeding because he's been getting more ice time in a bigger role. I think at the time when he was slumping or at times when uh, Ryan O'Reilly has been slumping, like we've been saying that sort of just St. Louis is so stacked, like the Oilers now, <laughs> I don't want to go crazy, but like... Uh, like they've had these three awesome lines where they can spread the offense around like enough good players to have two strong power plays. Now that Rob Thomas, like Tarasenko are back. I wonder if now Perron maybe is going to, you know, have to yield a little bit and let the other players play. But at the same time, obviously it's a good streak. I don't think this is useful for anyone because I think he's rostered in all the leagues of people listening, but it's a really fun streak. And definitely it's a good kudos for anyone who held on through the tough times. Now, now you know why you did and you, you should pat yourself on the back and say that you did a good job being patient. A lot of good it did me, Elon. A lot of good it did me. Oh, um, yeah, well, and I think he'll be fine. But yeah, your point is well taken that I think that bringing back Rob Thomas is less exciting to fantasy managers than bringing back Tarasenko. But having that that pivot who can help like distribute the puck and make an entire line viable is, is certainly a valuable asset. Um Let's go next to Minnesota. Talk about the very first cold streak of Matt Boldy's young NHL career. He has just one point in his last five games, but more troubling, the boy has been shifted off of the top power play unit. He's down to 24 points in 30 games now, which is actually just incredible to think about his full season pace. 67 point pace, Matt Boldy, go off king. But unfortunately, those shots, the ice time, the power play ice time, all starting to trend downward over the past 10 games or so. I got to ask, Elon, are we dropping Matt Boldy at this point? Well, I mean, I don't think I would drop him. I guess it depends on your situation. It is a bit concerning. This power play thing is weird because they just decided to go three forwards and two defensemen for the last couple of games. Isn't it so weird? Let's get Alex Goligoski more ice time <laughs> on the power. You got to. Like, yeah. what? What are you doing? I guess maybe it's the idea is to maybe have a second power play that's also strong or something. I don't know. But anyways, obviously that hasn't Ooh. been great for him. It seems like Boldy's ice time has just been down overall. 
uh, yeah, it's a, it's too bad. He's now pointless in four games. Obviously, the shots is the big concern. Right? Only three shots over these last four games. Well, actually, that fourth game is today's game. That's only like partially done. So maybe I'm not, you know, I don't want to uh, assume he's going to have zero shots and no points for the rest of this game right now against the Canucks. But uh, I, yeah, I still wouldn't drop. He's still playing on that Fiala line. If you could give him time, like I, okay, here's here's what I'll say. I have him in the couple. I have, I'm lucky enough. Uh, to have a buy next week. So I'm definitely not dropping now, but I do have a couple of players in my IR that I'm going to need to make room for. And that's the luxury I have, I guess, where I get to just kind of wait and see and like make that perfect choice of who I want to drop. So he's definitely in my list of potential drops, but I'd love to give him more time if I could. Because he's a young player. He was a rookie. Like sometimes you have to go through some adversity and then you come back stronger on the other side. So I think it's definitely possible that he could go on a hot run later on. It's not as if he's all of a sudden forgotten how to be good or like he's like secretly injured or at least hopefully he's not. So I think it definitely wouldn't be surprising to see him have a big game at some point. But at some point, you do have to let go, right? If it is the playoffs and if you're going into a matchup and you have other options of players who are doing well and also are on the top power play, then I definitely could understand dropping him. But, you know, I, it's one of those players where they could go off at any moment and you won't be surprised about it. So you have to make the best decision for yourself. Yeah, and uh, for that reason, I did drop Matt Boldy in a 14-team bangers uh, peripherals league. Um, that is not a points league. Uh, I dropped him for Kyler Yamamoto, and I felt pretty good about that. Um, obviously, yeah. just swapping out like a bottom-of-the-roster hot streak guy for a bottom-of-the-roster hotter guy. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess what I'm really regretting right now more than dropping Matt Boldy is that I didn't kick off this segment by asking you, if we're boldy dropping who we've never dropped before, because uh, that would have been a good pun. I would have been happy with that. Well, you still um, got it in, right? Yeah. And that's what it's all about is getting it in. Um, <laughs> the other player we need to mention is Joel Erickson Eck, who is also off power play one, now just a bottom sixer with no power play minutes. And the reason I wanted to bring him up, I think that his his cold streak is less conspicuous, but... He's 47% rostered in Yahoo. Matt Boldy only 22% rostered. So it felt like we should probably mention jo uh, Joel Erickson X cold streak because despite his hot start keeping him around a 50-point pace, he's now at just a half point per game since returning from injury at the beginning of 2022. I think a lot of people are sleeping uh, with Erickson X still on their roster. Oh, yeah, I agree. He's another, like, Zach Hyman, right? Someone going into the season that we were, like, Great drooling. Comparison. He was going to be the top line, top power play with Kaprizov all season long. Like, what a tremendous upside. He also hits. Uh, but now all he's doing is hitting and nothing else. Like, why would you ever hold a line three power play two guy? And it's not, like, a situation where you could... Not even power play two, though, anymore. That's that's oh, what's wild about this most here. recent thing. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here with Joel Erickson. Unless you're in a super deep league, I'm not too interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I call him? I call him Joel Erickson Ick. Okay. Uh, maybe that's a bit <laughs> harsh. <laughs> uh, all right. We have one more player to get to. And this is a player who uh, has been very hot since tr changing teams at the NHL trade deadline. We started at the deadline. We're ending with the deadline. Taylor Radish in Chicago. Three points in his first three games with the Hawks. Going along with seven shots. I know that's not that exciting, but it is pretty good for Taylor Radish. And the reason why it's particularly exciting is the boy is going off on power play one in Chicago with Patrick Kane, Dylan Strom, Alex DeBrinkett, and Seth Jones. Still just 2% rostered on Yahoo. So we are talking about ludicrous 
streamer level player right now. Is Taylor Radish a must add in deep leagues at this point? I mean, must add is like probably a bit too strong, but <laughs> I think that he's a very interesting free agent. You look at the schedule next week. If you've got a playoff matchup next week, Chicago goes Monday against Buffalo. And I know that Craig Anderson is passing people on the all time wins list, but I still think that's a pretty decent matchup. Then he goes Thursday, uh, Friday, Sunday. So at the very least, if you can make like an early ad and get a Monday game and then maybe you'll stream him out, then maybe try to get him back for later in the week like I, that's the kind of guy i like to add early like someone playing on monday against an opponent where you could expect some goals happening so i like the situation he's in like you said he's on the top power play also his even strength line isn't terrible last game he was playing with taves and kubalik i think kubalik is being healthy scratched today so we'll have to see who he's playing with instead but like already you come onto the team and kubalik's getting healthy scratched and you're getting like primo deployamento so obviously the blackhawks like taylor radish uh, i wonder if he has brandon hagel upside which might sound like a joke, but like Hegel was doing really well in Chicago and maybe Radish just steps right into a similar role and can put up similar results. So if you're in a league where Brandon Hegel was rostered while he was on Chicago, then it seems like Radish can be similar and I like the schedule next week. So I would definitely take a look. I guess the interesting question would be, let's say you've got Matt Boldy struggling. Taylor Radish is out there in free agency. Is that a swap that you make? I think... Maybe you consider it, especially because next week, Boldy plays Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I guess it's the kind of thing where I would love to just drop Boldy if I'm confident that no one else will add him and I could potentially get him back on Tuesday. You know, get Radish Monday, get Boldy back mm-hmm. Tuesday. But uh, so you kind of have to know your league because I am mo- more worried about dropping Boldy and then him going off, like I said before. Yeah, I'm n- Taylor Radish really isn't a, uh, my type of ad. Um, just because I don't trust Chicago, I don't trust him as a player. Um, I'm, I'm always too slow to get players like this. And, uh, usually I'm right, but definitely there are times where it burns me. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, a buyer beware situation because oh, I sure. could definitely see, like, this reminds me of earlier in the year. Lewis was like, Dylan Strom, you guys, Dylan Strom is going off. Like, guys, you got to get in on Dylan Strom. And I was like, yeah, I'm not that interested in Dylan Strom. He's like, you know, he's been up, he's been down. He's always doing this thing. And then Dylan Strom goes cold. Lewis drops Dylan Strom. He, he comes back on my side. All of a sudden, Dylan Strom goes ballistic. And it's just like, right, yes. Uh, just as, uh, you know, it's just like, there's no way to know. We are at the end of the season, though. It would be very interesting to see if Taylor Radish went on a hot streak uh, in Chicago and just like how wild people would go to draft him early next year. Uh, that would be that would be very humorous to me. Yeah, I mean, again, this is the kind of player, like when you said buyer beware, it's like no one's buying him, right? He's a free agent ad on a hot streak that you hope will do well. And he's an easy drop as soon as he goes cold, because at the end of the day, he doesn't have any, you know, real awesome pedigree or any, you know, history of being a valuable producer. But he's definitely interesting right now. By the way, Minnesota just scored a goal. And I'm seeing Kevin Fiala scored it. You know, you know how it's like on ESPN and all these apps, like it says unassisted, but we all know it wasn't unassisted. We're just waiting for them to update and tell us who assisted on this goal. But I think there's a decent chance that you're going to see uh, Boldy in there. So I hope to see it. By the way, uh, speaking on Chicago, what do you think about Kevin Lankinen? Two good games now in a row since Fleury has left. 
I saw a tweet once by this guy, Derek King. He's a beat writer for Chicago, mm-hmm. saying that he was postulating that maybe part of the reason why Lankanen has struggled is just he's barely gotten any games this year. Like, it's kind of hard to get on a roll, especially you're on a team like Chicago. They don't protect their goalie amazingly well. Every once in a while, you get in a game, you're cold, like, you don't get to feel it out, like, kind of learn, you know, get used to the system or whatever. I think that he's a goalie that has shown us some talent in the past. And anyways, Derek King was saying that maybe he could, like, be good if he got a run of games to sort of get his feet under him. So this is going to be a really interesting end of the season because he's a free agent at the end of the year so uh he's playing for you know an nhl job next year like lankanen can either suck and then maybe get lucky to get a million dollar contract or he could end really strong and then get a like a decent extension from the blackhawks or from another team so i'm really interested to see how this plays out for him yeah lewis and i discussed lankanen on tuesday and i remain uh skeptical of uh, like judging him based on the rest of this season because goaltending performance varies so wildly. If he can keep it up, that's I, I'll be very happy for him. But ultimately, I mean, he had the net and got a run of starts last year and totally collapsed on himself. So it's it's difficult for me to see like, ah, uh, yes, he just needed more starts. Like that proves like this, you know, that, that feels to me very narrative based as opposed to like data driven. Um Hopefully, though, Kevin Lankinen can be good, and uh, and I think that'd be cool to see Chicago sort of find its uh, find its way with some homegrown talent there. They um, are not a team I cheer for, but ultimately, it's good for the league when more teams sort of find solutions in net. It stinks when everyone uh, sucks for <laughs> a long time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I promise next Thursday, I'll have some more data-driven takes to throw at you instead of this narrative garbage. Well, and that's a great way to end our show because, as everyone knows now, Elon will be back to join us next Thursday. Elon, thank you so much for joining me for this. I think we can officially call it a long shift. Uh, Yeah, thank you for hanging out with us. It was super fun to have you on the show. Yeah, I love talking with you. I could keep going. There's a lot of interesting things happening right now as we speak. It's pretty wild, like on a busy NHL night, recording a podcast like this. Like St. Louis just scored. Tarasenko on the power play from O'Reilly and Perron. Again, this is what I'm talking about. Nick Letty was probably there, but he didn't get a point. So I don't know. And yet David still pouring it on. Yeah, he's amazing. Pouring yeah, pouring it on. That's that's what you want to do. Yeah, pour 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 on it on. You you'll get there. And Ryan O'Reilly, by the way, starting to get some points after being cold. So going again, like you said, St. Louis with this strong uh, playoff schedule coming up. So he's the kind of guy that some people have probably considered dropping. I've considered dropping him at some points, but I was like, ah, he's good in the playoffs. I might as well just like hold him for this, you know, four games every single week. And so nice to see him contributing as well. But okay, fine. I I know you want to go, Cam York. uh, (laughs) I was just you're. Now you're talking about Philadelphia? Oh, my God. You really would go all night. Uh, But the people do not want us to go all night, Elon. They want us to come in, get that short shift in. The coach is calling us back. We've been on the ice too long. We are liable to let a few pucks in the net as a result. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK, as well as Brian and Elon at KeepingCarlson. And Dave Betton, cousin Dave of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Elon, I am actually going to let you have the last word here because I want to hear you tell everyone about the new Game Day suite and the wonderful new uh, website, GameDayTweets.com, which I used basically exclusively to prep this episode along with uh, Dauber Frozen Tools, of course. Hey, yeah, I'm just proud of it. Like, you know, I had this idea once. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a site? You should be proud of it. It's so good. 
That's like the idea of like all these other sites where you're, you know, like trying to get the latest line combos and goalie starts and whatever. And like someone is there like writing it in and maybe the sources aren't there. Some sites have like good sources, like Frozen Tools, like Goalie Post is really good for sure. So I'm not saying that's a bad site by any means, but I just like this. To me, I just want to see the source. Like show me the tweets. Let me see what I need. And I feel that that was, that was my idea. And like I'm, I've built the site and uh, Shams helps me with the retweeting, does an amazing job. And now it's like I finally was able to get some designer because I like suck at design, right? So now I finally have it looking the way I wanted it to look. We got some new logos by Brandon Weave, who's amazing, brandonweave.com. And so, yeah, I'm really proud of it. I really feel like this could be a site that's like a super useful fantasy tool. I'm not making any money off of it. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm just telling people that I think you should check it out because I think it's good. So, I don't know, gamedaytweets.com. Let me know what you think. Tweet at us, uh, at Keeping Carlson, if you have any suggestions of things we can tweak on it. It's, like, fun. Like, sometimes I'm, like, at my job, and now I'm thinking, oh, I, I, what kind of uh, changes should I make on the Game Day Tweets site? I don't want to make any changes to my actual work site. That's boring. I want to do this stuff. But I hope my uh, coworkers and employers aren't listening. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. So, I hope people like it. Yeah, your employers and coworkers actually, uh, they tune out about 25, 26 minutes in because they can't handle all this, uh, this, all this long extra shift. content. It's too long. Yeah. Uh, no, it's wonderful. You should be proud of it. Elon, I remember before I ever podcasted with you, like you and I talking about this idea because like we both thought that it was something that should exist. And uh, you clearly have found the right people to work with on this. And it's something that I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really happy to see that it is coming together and that it's grown so much this year. I'll be honest with you, like most of my day to like, I have a very busy job now, unfortunately, for my fantasy hockey teams. And I don't have as much time on Twitter to sort of scour for news. And now I just follow those uh, those pages and have the Twitter notifications turned on on my phone. And it's just like, oh, I get, I'm, I'm out for lunch with a coworker. I get a little text notification. I open it up. Kevin Lankin and starting tonight. Maybe I'll throw him in my lineup. Oh, boom. Quality start. I'm killing it all of a sudden. So yeah, thank you for doing it. Everybody appreciates it. And uh, thanks for joining the show once again. Yeah, this has been a blast. I will let you go, Ben. I promise this uh, goal by Fiala, still unassisted. Maybe it actually was unassisted. What do I know? All right. You don't need no boldy. <laughs> See you, everybody. Talk to you uh, this weekend. Bye, everyone. <laughs>